winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change, we still keep it together. Hey Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. About the, the the real person. And we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh yeah. Well, here we are back on uh, the Beverly Hills 90210 show, and we are diving into season seven with Larry Mullen. Uh, we are being joined by Becca Shin, uh, a super fan. She's one of our Patreons, and we're going to start bringing some of our Patreons here to, to guest with us at times. Uh, how are you, Becca? How's everything going? Becca, I can't hear you. Nope. Totally lost you. Yeah, you might have to leave studio and come back in. Yeah, but Larry, you are it's so out. good to see you, Becca. Yes, I, you know, I just was thinking how much I miss Chuck. I, you know, hearing him uh, do his falsetto, everybody dance now. I haven't seen him. I, you know, I've been out here on the East Coast for you know into my third week out here, and uh, you know, the weather has just been pretty, uh, pretty raw. We we did ask Chuck to come on this week, and he and I felt like he was working for a campaign. He was like, "I'm very busy with Venice Beach po- politics right now." I know, I know. Becca, yeah. speak. Can you hear me now? Better. Yeah. Yes, much okay. better. Uh, so it's but it is interesting. We do have to get the group, the band, all back together, and I know that will happen at some point soon. Uh, but Becca, how are things in Philadelphia? Philadelphia is great. I love it. I love it here. It needs to get warmer. It's supposed to get warmer next week. It's supposed to be in the 80s. But hey, it's been, yeah, it's supposed to be like 82, but it was very cold and rainy last week. I think it rained for like eight days straight. So. And uh, are you getting the wind we're getting? Yeah. The shutters were like falling off my apartment complex. I, I have a terrible conspiracy thing. theory that we're oh, not we focusing go. enough on the, the climate change affecting wind. Because all over America, when you talk to people, they all remark, how the wind is much stronger than they ever remember and consistent going on for days at a time. And, and, and where, where, where are you going apart. with this though? Where's the theory? You think it's way, things are way worse than what we think. I think, I think we, yeah, we just, we're not mentioning wind. I think it's just all part of the same climate change thing that, you know, the earth is changing. We've, we've, a lot of civilization is affecting things. Uh, real quick, Larry, baseball talk not going so well for the Red Sox this well, year. They won a game last night. I mean, they might be winning now, I hope, maybe even. I don't know. Let me see. No. no. <laughs> I don't know. I know, the, I know the, Mets, the Mets are doing well, but not right now in this particular moment, unfortunately, wow. as I look below. Uh, Larry, last week oh. in New Jersey, I got to meet up with a couple of our fans. I mean, I saw Maggie, who's always a regular. Um, but I also met... Uh, this girl named Dorkzilla, that's her screen name. I think her name is Sarah, and she's oh. just a listener. She is not one oh, of, she's I never see, watched the show live. I, see the, uh, I know the handle, Dorkzilla. I'm familiar with her. I know she's a, a fan of the show and a friend. Yes. Uh, that's great. Um, she was super cool. She's got this whole Metallica story. I, I got to have her on one time so you guys can hear about it, but uh, it was really fun. She was so sweet and so complimentary to the show. So Excellent. it was nice. Yes. I want to know, did you send Becca the digital copy of Judgment Day? No, I'm, but she has seen it. This is one of her she, favorite she, episodes. She, oh, oh yeah, fabulous. It's one of my probably top ten favorite. Season seven is my favorite season. Oh, excellent. You know, I'm, you know, in recent, looking at it again, I'm, I'm really appreciating it more, uh, you know, from, from fresh eyes. But I wanted to give the credits on this episode. It's Judgment yeah. Day, directed by David Semmel, who we've had on the show. He's a fan of the show and done a lot of stuff and you know a lot of mine he did the stones episode uh and he was well he was my director as an actor too right i very, see very close to him. is he an actor's and, director larry is he an actor yes he was director? an actor's director <laughs> and it was written by um my really longtime friend and someone i, I love who's no longer with us phil sabbath who wrote some really wonderful episodes including uh with this ring 
And he also wrote a Graduation Day with me, the last episode of CT7. And it was edited by Jerry U. Frizzell. And I hope Jerry's watching. You <laughs> found Jerry. I, yeah, we friended on Facebook today. Jerry edited 85 episodes, including a lot of my, my favorites, uh, you know, Divas and Vital Signs from season four. Plus, you say it's your birthday. You know, it's just so many uh, wonderful episodes. And and, he's got to definitely we'll try to get him to, to get his perspective on what's going on. When, and we've seen just post production. You know, we've seen the dailies. So it's not an easy job. You know what I mean? Yes. In <laughs> fact, we've seen dailies from. In fact, we should show him some dailies from uh, You Say It's Your Birthday because we, we have them. We um, might trigger an editing PS. Uh, maybe Jerry has dailies. Jerry, yeah. if you have dailies, let us oh, know. Oh, Jer Jerry might have dailies. Yeah, he might oh, have but dailies. He might have saved something, some goofs and stuff. You know? Wait, speaking of though, your friend Phil, I wanted to share these pictures. We've shared these oh. before, but this is oh, your buddy well, Phil. That's Sabbath, my right? wedding day. That's Phil. He was my. He was not my best man. My brother was, but he was there for the wedding. We looked like gangsters in 1977. <laughs> um, that's that's us, uh, Phil and I, in uh, a show called Disasterland. Um, yes, we've that was good. That was good. 1972, and that's us. Uh, we were in a play called Free Ride about uh, hitchhiking. 1972. Well, let me yeah, ask you this: was, uh, yeah, He was my, my 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 theater buddy. He was my double ganger. We were writers for many years, and I I had to coax him. He was a hippie to the end, and I had to coax him to come down and, and help me out season seven because I felt that we needed another writer. And he lived in Vancouver at that point. I had no interest in it. Had, you know, I was going to say, had Phil seen an episode of Beverly Hills 90210? Well, I think he had done a couple of episodes the year before. I had gotten to write some. I think he wrote um, Angels We Could Have Heard on High, the, uh, the Colin uh, Cocaine episode, uh, Christmas episode, Cindy coming back. And so, but he wasn't part of staff this way. So I had to kind of coax him down and we threw some money at him. And uh, he came and he got to buy himself a house and... Uh, and then he just died really young of a blood disease, which I'm still bitter. Oh, so sad. Uh, BC Poster Girl says season seven was probably the most emotional season for me during the Charles Larry years. So that's that's, that's really fascinating to me. I wonder what made it so emotional. I mean, look, we love the characters as much as the fans at that point. You know, we just you know, we felt you know we had you know we felt the responsibility of doing that kind of stuff and putting them a certain way. Looking at this episode as a whole, even though it's. Um, <clears throat> You know, we just have other little little stories within within it that are really really working really working well. Besides the Judgment Day story, and you know, just to give a little oversight in that, I totally remember coming up this with this episode with Phil. I was living in Santa Monica, and we were on my deck, and we were kind of stuck because we had just come off of thinking about all the sweeps episodes. So this is like the first one after sweeps. Less, and we just said what we're going to do is keep challenging this relationship, and that's always good when you could. I say this before because we're manufacturing. We vertically integrate the characters rather than right. bringing guest stars to cause the stories. Vertically integrate the characters. Turn the challenge the friendship of the two of a great friendship. That's what we did. We set the thing up in the episode before. You know, it's desperate Steve doing stupid things, Steve things, and. Uh, and then, you know, really, I mean, what could be worse for Brandon than this after he's built all this stuff up? And uh, and so, yeah, I've seen it again. And, and Rebecca, I really hadn't seen the, the thing in full since, you know, probably that time. It just really was an episode that I didn't really think much about really at the time. Uh, I mean, I knew it was, it was good, but I just, you know, that whole season was kind of, uh, I, I don't usually bring it back because I associate other things with it. Um, but so it was fun to see how it came together. Um, Becca, you said that this is uh, one of your favorite seasons. So why is that? Why is season seven one of your favorite? I think, um, I for me, I feel like it was the most realistic season, like for me, because I guess when I started watching it, like when I started watching 90210, I was in that season of my life. Like I, it was my senior year of college. And so I automatically like kind of had some type of connection with it. But I feel like, I know Charles, like in the beginning, he said that it was supposed to be Beverly Hills. So they were supposed to be like kids where they were growing up and, you know, they were ordinary kids with extraordinary lives. But I felt like all of their struggles, like Donna, like David struggling with mental health and you had, you know, Brandon and Steve plagiarizing, like those types of things actually happened in like where I went to school. And so it was very easy to connect with those storylines when that type of stuff was happening around me and it made me feel nostalgic because unfortunately my senior year was not it was COVID, so like i didn't have that type of thing 
So it was definitely gave me some type of comfort in being able to live through those characters and those stories. Um, and it was just something that I connected with in the AIDS storyline I love. And I love obviously Donna being like held hostage. That's a great episode. Like I think there were just so many episodes that are so memorable that when I think back, I'm like, that was an, like, an amazing season and I'll watch it forever. Okay, so let's go back, Larry, to the previous. Oh, I, I really appreciate that. Those are those are. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I just want to say one thing to that because a couple of things were important to us that we earned moments, that we earned emotional moments. We didn't shortcut to them. Just all of a sudden say, "I love you." You know, you had to build. You had, there had to be an emotional reality. That's what we we strove for. You know, and that earned moments that was important. I'd forgotten that, so it made me think of it. Um, I wanted to go back to the previous episode, which okay. is if I had a hammer, I think is the name of that episode. <clears throat> and in that episode is where all of this groundwork is laid out, but we don't even realize that we're like at the start of it, it feels like Steve is just doing a goofball thing and handing it over to months. And then it becomes a really big issue in that, in that episode. Right. So, yeah. Do and I, I have to say, I did, I did not watch the, at uh, that episode. Was mm -hmm. Randall in that episode? I think Randall has come back in that episode, right? Because what? mm -hmm. what's great about this storyline is because which is fairly political, and like I, I was watching it for the Patreon was, I went, oh my god, this is a teaser with no kissing. Like, what's going mm -hmm. on here? Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, again, it's the big relationship, and uh, you know, there's some cool stuff. You just have to stay with this one. The thing about bringing back. Uh, Scott Pollan, is that his name? Scott Pollan, yeah. he's, he's Professor Randolph. Yeah, I want to say that we've invited Scott Pollan on this show many times to come on. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought for a moment that he would consider coming on uh, today. We talked to his agent twice. He declined. Yes. He declined twice today, today in the same day. So, um, You know, I think sometimes <laughs> when you play a, the villain on the oh, set, yeah. people mm -hmm. treat you like the villain. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're in character, and I think it becomes an unpleasant experience unless you're used to playing the villain. Um, the, well, what, I, what I've written it off to is that he's just show, so shamed about what he attempted to do here to Brandon in this. I know, like, you know, he was such a... He was horrible. Yeah, he was absolutely horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sharp. I mean, look, I, I had helped. I mean, I think, I think I had, you know, I certainly, I created the character. I mean, I was the first one through on this one. I created this sports obsessed teacher, which really served well when he went against Brandon there, and it made for kind of colorful dialogue, which Phil uh, was really good at, and you know. Jason got a chance to really be uh, out of the box in this thing a bit too, uh, acting wise. And David Selma kind of really, the director, pulled out some pretty cool stuff out of him. Wait, and, can uh, we go back? And to of course, we got Nick Pryor just oh, oh, reacting up on the tribunal. The great Nick Pryor <laughs> playing Chancellor Arnold. Um, the Scott Pollan thing, though, you said that's a character you created that character. Yes. Uh, or, yes. or Randolph. Randolph. Yeah. Uh, not Rand uh, Randall. Yes. Um, do you remember Scott Pollan auditioning for? Randall, do you remember liking? I so. Yeah, I mean, it just you know, it was just it was a sharp. There was kind of a you know, we knew we knew we were gonna go a little bit. He was gonna you know, he was gonna be first of all. Part of the thing was he was gonna get Brandon involved with the Sean. I think that was the first use of him, as I believe. I believe. I didn't think we really had the whole Lucinda thing down when we first created. But then, you know, we just again, we just bury these people. They just serve the show, as I often say. Sometimes characters. You know, it's you got to serve the show, and that's what he did. He played a, a bad guy, a despicable guy, and in this episode, he gets his just desserts at the end, um, which is fun. Um, so he, so he, I, I just want to, I'm just briefly going through the history of Scott Pollan on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. But then he started, Chuck gave him an opportunity to direct some episodes, I believe. Yeah, I'm not quite. Oh, I, I would more likely think it was Paul Wagner. You know. Mm -hmm. And in, they, in fact, it might have been someone Paul, you know, really knew and was championing. You know, Paul was really the guy who would select the director. We'd be too busy writing stories. So that would be Paul Wagner. And he directed and, and he the directed, Dreams of Dreams of Dylan McKay. And yes. there there may have been a conflict in his directing. Yes, I think there was. Uh, I know Chuck always talks about how difficult that show was to put together. And I think he uh, even though he also, you know, he just felt he didn't get enough footage, I think. 
basically. You know, right. Commonly what happens with young, young directors and, you know, you trust your other people and, you know. But so he directed other stuff for us and he was totally fine. Again, it's a manufacturing process. It's not a, a masterpiece medium TV. Um, but he did come. He now did, it did, just seems like a masterpiece. Despite Never all of that, that, whatever happened, that conflict, he did come back for these episodes to re yes, reprise his Christ, because we paid him to. You know? <laughs> and uh, but again, they're professional actors. That's you know your job is to, is to show up in the set, know your lines. Maybe that's what we should have done: is offered him to pay, to pay him to come on this, to the nine hundred two and zero show. What? It's possible, you know. Maybe he's got a cameo thing, but I don't know where. I, have, I didn't look up his IMDb, uh, so I didn't really. I don't know where what, what it uh, would say. No, he I haven't checked career, in a while. He had a directing career or not? I just don't know. He's really good in this, though, and he's really good as Professor Randall. Right. And uh, he has the the worst glasses in television too. Like he has these little kind of things on his glasses. So I mean, and, some of uh, his outfit choices at the good. court. He's a very good actor. You know, he, we knew he, he was a good actor. He, he might not have even read for the part, frankly. He was mm -hmm. a you know he had done a lot of episodic stuff, and and you know he he was considered a strong actor, and he was. So this whole thing starts, and this is we are like you said, we are seeing the issues coming up between uh steve and brandon and it's not something that we see a lot of i mean we definitely have seen strong conflict where steve does something bonehead i feel like even in that season with randall there was there was something like that but i mean so this is well, really yeah, the first season steve uh, has a fraternity thing he has to steal the ball the sign, the sign, the sign baseball so it's great that you are pulling I mean, from that with this. There's so many layers here of what you're pulling from. Well, you know, these characters are real to us. So their histories were real to us. And we and we knew the fans knew, you know, what was going on. So we kind of always felt, you know, that's what made the show, again, keep that emotional reality. And the other thing was, as, as Becca was saying, you know, she was going through her senior year. Well, you know, at that time in television, you could really be linear. We would lay our season out as if it was that time of year. You know, so that you're going home for Thanksgiving. And, you know, all those things were, were happening to add to the emotional reality of what we were trying to create. You know, uh, you're very, you're, your background's very dark, Larry. I mean, it's nighttime where you are. I know, yes. But, but, but Becca looks like there's still some light in her in her day. Do you notice that? No, well, it's just, maybe well, she's in the city. Well, yeah, doesn't doesn't the sun set? Shouldn't it set with Larry earlier than it does with me? Definitely. Because he's higher Definitely. on Definitely. Well, maybe a little bit. What time is it now? It's eight seventeen. It's eight seventeen, Larry. Something odd is something's odd is happening on back. I, I live in a place where there's not a lot of light, you know. We have light. Fair enough. It's pitch black where Larry is. Yeah, pitch black. Pitch black. One time you had turkeys in the background. I, yeah, there's turkeys probably. They're, they're gone. Skunks are out now, probably. Um, all right. So this is this this thing with Steve and, and Brandon really takes off, and and now you're and and it's what I said to you on the Patreon that I think is interesting is it's not over a girl. It's over something that matters so much more to Brandon. It's well, his but, paper. But it it's his writing. Exactly. But you, and then you've got this other thing happening because Steve, of course, is dating. Claire, the chancellor's right. daughter, and, and all the all these things are interweaving. But you're right, it's Brandon's reputation. And, and Steve, being a friend of Steve is a total, you know, is a is a mistake. I mean, it's it's gonna it's gonna sink his life. Rescued and, him from uh, a frat party once. He rescues him yeah. all the time all the time. He's sticking his neck and, out for and we his let that we let, we let that play out. I mean, just you know, Jason has Brandon just simmering in this episode. He's just simmering under under his skin in this episode. He's so angry and and, he, and outrageous, and you know he's got to defend himself, and he's got all this repartee with uh, with Randall, and then the whole thing with Claire and Steve. You know, it's it's interesting. It, you know, again, we we did that a couple of times, but you know, playing you know the the triangle in this way of, of Steve, Claire, and the father. You know. Because I think yes. you know, maybe eight episodes later, Steve again is caught streaking before the graduation, yes. and again, it's another big problem. But well, that, that's, that's, well, that's why people are, are all Claire and Steve. Why is Claire so hard on Steve? Because he does all these stupid things. I was just going to say that I feel like rewatching it when I first when I watched it like the first three times, I was like, I feel like Claire was a bit hard on Steve, and then looking back, I'm like, okay, you had the thing with Dick Harrison earlier in this season. You had the fact that Steve was like kissing another girl at the party that was at Mark Reese's house. 
you know, the fact that he did this, then he was streaking like she, he really didn't have many redeeming qualities. You know, looking at it now, I don't, I myself don't like what we did there. You know, it's, you know, it's kind of like the, when, you know, Ray and Donna, when their thing was streaking yeah, out, yeah. Ray was a little bit mean and stuff. And it's just, like, you know, we knew we had to keep these things going. And it's just the, uh, we just should have been able to get, get different kind of performances. Looking at it now, uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't like the Claire stuff with Steve. It, it gets too much. If people are so on, on if, if it's so painful, then just split up, you know. But and thanks, uh, Steve, thank uh, true to his form, always would come back and and, and save the day. See, that's what's so mm -hmm. beautiful about the episode. And Brandon says it. There's a line in the end. I think he says, "Well, Steve, you know, you you pull my my bacon out of the fire." <laughs> of course, you started the fire. I thought Claire looked great in this. She looked really oh, cute in, in, most of, yeah, in most of this. So uh, that's always an important point for me to make in these episodes. Um, I, I wanted to go back, going back to this thing, it becomes the trial of the century. You know what I mean? Uh, like the, these guys, Brandon takes this this kangaroo court <laughs> and turns it into. I mean, he is re he is representing himself. He is a, he's. We don't even get Jesse Vasquez. He's doing it all on his own this time. No, not the no. first time that he's been in court at campus. So, you know, uh, I gave him a good chance to you know to play some different colors and stuff, and, and something where there's real stakes, which which was good. It wasn't phony. It was real stakes. It really does happen. People plagiarize stupid, and you get punished just the way that was going to happen. You know, he was going to get caught into it too, and and that's the whole beauty of it. Steve plea bargains out basically, but Brandon can't admit guilt. Uh, well, I want I want to ask you about that because 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 there is an offer that's made. If you just you know, Chancellor's essentially saying everybody plead guilty. I'm going to take it easy on yeah. Steve, right? But because Brandon probably has political aspirations maybe or or maybe to run a newspaper one day yeah like a small city newspaper yeah <laughs> aim, aim high aim high <laughs> um yeah i mean because both of those things are going on you know uh this brand is not going to cave into something like this no, it's you know it it it, all, it makes sense. You know, again, it's a little bit dry. The other thing I noticed about this episode, there's like no guest cast at all. Like the, mm -hmm. the people sitting in the tribunal have no lines, so they're just extras. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody else. Like there's the other part of the story is you know uh, Valerie trying to get David to uh, invest in the club, and also causing a little bit of friction with Donna and stuff, and the Donna and David stuff. And then we have actually a fantastic scene in the dining room with with. Felice Martin and Dr. Martin. I mean, there's so many Great things. Classic Steve. They never get to the meal. <laughs> so so many things meal. you just said. Okay, so the thing is, we I didn't even remember seeing this on the watch long, but David and Donna are riding bikes. This oh, is all. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. she's trying to get him healthy. He just he just had his breakdown in Vegas, uh, maybe a couple of episodes ago, and and she's being a friend basically at this yeah. point, really just a good friend, because mm -hmm. she cares about him. And uh, yeah, we see him riding bikes. No stunt people either. They're actually pedaling. It looks themselves. like I was going to ask you. It looks like them riding bikes. Yeah, David mm -hmm. uh, Samuel is a wonder wonder maker. There, he made them actually really work hard. Probably, probably takes them. That, I'm sure. Don't have the dailies. And then we go to dinner with the Martins again, and it just never it never works out. I don't well, understand. She's saying what everyone's in a way thinking. You know, it's the elephant in the room. Is my daughter going to marry someone who's psychotic? You know, like, right. they're, they're going to have psychotic children. You know, I mean, Felice is already like projecting, and you know, and Doctor Martin has to, you know, get get everybody off the ledge. You know, which was a great. He just was terrific in the series. I just hope Michael Durrell is as well. We we can't seem to get a word on him. His yeah. representatives won't uh, let us through, so I suspect he's incapacitated in some way. <laughs> I mean, let's not go that far. We don't know what's I, happened. I don't know. We don't know what's happened, but he won't obviously come on on here for yeah. So, and yeah. he's, he's, he's but Catherine Cannon has. Oh. She always just has this character, Felice Martin, down. She is just, you know, she's never wrong, but she's never right. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely think that. I think in some of the earlier episodes where you had like Donna and Felice get into something, it was kind of like 
police being shallow, like, oh, he doesn't make enough money or he's, you know, not Christian or, but this one, it was kind of like, well, she has a point. Like it was, know, a, valid, it was a valid concern. And obviously like, you know, Donna had this tender moment with Dr. Martin, which is like one of the best scenes I think in the whole series, because it was such an important conversation, but it was like, okay, I think you actually got a little bit of a point there. Like you weren't like, oh, not she's saying something that doesn't make any sense yeah yeah it really struck me that way too and uh, yeah you're right that you know the don and dr martin stuff yeah that was really really sweet i really like that and, and that was the thing is, off, is though uh, yeah, we got is... some more stuff with them too we got the whole thing coming up uh where she works for for him mm -hmm. for him i think in a couple of episodes it happened or the job is... i think she takes she gets a job like helping him she she yeah. bails him out because he almost writes the wrong prescription and kills somebody. Have we covered have we covered that one? That's a fun one to cover. We have to cover that one. Job? Didn't we do that? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was you're right. Yeah. It's yeah, job. It job. I wrote I wrote it, I remember because I kind of took off the basic thing of uh you know the James Stewart thing, uh you know, the, you know, where you know the the guy right it's he loses all the money, the brother loses all the money. Yes. You know. Um, but I will say though it's a wonderful life, the wonderful life subplot of was there ever talks I'm just curious to make a dinner go without a hitch? Like <laughs> no, you know? just, uh, no, Dr. Martin has to grin and bear it. But you know, it's pretty good this one. You know, again, she has a point on I me. Mean, you have to discuss these things. Yeah. Oh boy. But uh it was wonderful to see uh Kathy and, and and just do her I thought it was kind of cool, like that David um he walked away from the table. He used David as usually typically someone that will sit there and, and be polite, but he walked he walked away from the table in that moment, right? To to take well, a breather. You know, he's also under the care of a doctor. Right. Recommended by Dr. Martin. So that was good. So yeah, I mean, so hmm. maybe the doc said don't engage people, whatever, you know, protect yourself. Let's hope. That was um, kind of that was the motivation. But yeah, that that was pretty cool. Then and then the other part of that was the Valerie David uh you know, the temptress. Uh... <laughs> well, let's go on. Let's go to there. Let's go to that. Let's now, go, there, there. we know that in Speechless a, a, a year or so ago that David, I mean, that uh, Valerie reveals that she slept with Ray to Donna. So there's really no trust between Donna and Valerie at all. And Valerie is, I mean, Donna is a pretty trusting person. Yeah, no, she's very cautious with with Valerie. She doesn't trust her, and and you know, I mean, yeah, that's the reason she doesn't want David to invest. Not because it's a bad investment, not because it's got to be too stressful. It's basically because of Valerie being in close yes. proximity. She's just a viper. Um, Tiffany looks fantastic as, as Valerie. She's playing through the other part of this thing. Uh, oh, actually, no, that was that was the Brandon story, which is the great Brandon Nat scene. Is a classic Brandon, mm -hmm. you know. My father, just like what my father would say, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we kind of give some life to Jim in Hong Kong. Uh, you know, she always want to keep those people alive. Are we, we, in, always, we, we always want to bring them back. I mean, we always would ask, can we bring them back? Can we bring them back. Mm -hmm. You know, just sometimes. Are we? Oh, are we indicating that Nat and Jim Walsh spoke earlier? Because they said the same thing. Oh like them? no, that was okay. just both. He's like a father figure now. Got it. Just, okay, just yeah. it was a soul, soul fathers. Okay, fair enough. Um, but David is going to invest in the club. That is going to that is going to become. I, I forgot. Is that what's happening? I think that is Good. what's going to happen. Yeah. Excellent. So glad. Um, all right, and so then we also have this stuff with uh, Mark Reese's that oh, thing. Before that, we go to that, before we go to yeah, that, this what also hangs in the in the ether is now David's already had his fling with with Valerie already. That's over. Mm -hmm. David has slept with Valerie. Mm -hmm. And so that really heats the, the under underlying thing for Donna too, because Valerie can give him something that right now she's not prepared to. So that that's really, really the tough part of it. And David has to say, no, I want you at that point. There's a mm -hmm. nice little moment between them there. The kiss is fairly chaste, actually. I was a little disappointed in the kiss. It should have got a couple more beats in it. But uh, there's a nice kiss between them, which is just, again, it's the beginning of their relationship. They're not back together. I feel like I I love Valerie. Valerie's like my my favorite character besides Kelly. Um, but I definitely and I talked about like on one of the other podcasts um, that I loved David and Valerie together. But I think that the scene where she specifically says 
you're not going to keep your promise to me than I need to know now was very like, I feel like Valerie is not very manipulative with David, but in that aspect, I was like, that was really manipulative. Like to say like, oh, if you're not going to keep your promise to me when you know he's in a very vulnerable place, I was like, oh. And then after the whole Kenny storyline, I was like, oh no, like Valerie's really, <laughs> there's really not many redeeming qualities right now. Obviously, I love her. You know, you know the only thing we could do is bring in someone worse than Ginger. Um, exactly. you know, that, was, that was one of the classic things, how you make her look good. <laughs> you know, like, you know, someone worse. worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always a good trick when you're, you're doing stuff. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. no, she just goes down that road. Uh, it just I'm just trying to think where it ends up I, uh, in that last episode in the last episode of this series what happens with Valerie I have to I have to really think about well, it well she does the invest and tries to invest with Bill Taylor oh, and oh, with, with Bill Kelly's Taylor. father right she thinks it's Kelly's father but it's really the Great guy from storyline. yeah it was Right. Yeah, maybe getting, season seven is pretty solid, actually. The more that you, it's great. What's that? Yeah. So maybe season seven is pretty solid. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Despite no, everything I mean, was, that was going on, everything was tied. You know, there, it, it, again, we, there's a lot of vertical integration of the storylines, and uh, you know, look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. The whole Steve and Claire, the end of, of that relationship. That's you know, we should talk about that sometime. Some point, uh, yeah. graduation day, maybe. Or, we, we have to do that. Touched upon the, uh, the, the Virginia Donna thing. and David thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, what, what else was in this one? Um, oh, well, in this. Well, in I mean, this? I mean, the, the high point of this one really is, is the is the final trial, and and Steve, in true fashion, coming in the last moment. He's sick. He comes in, and and he proved basically, you know, that he was an idiot. He he failed every <laughs> test. Even though Randall said that he kind of had cop obviously copied Brandon because they had the exact same thing. It was really highly circumstantial. I was a little bit disappointed in that mm -hmm. jurisprudence there. But uh, Steve anyway comes in and proves that he's a total dope. And and uh, <laughs> it hardly seemed possible in the odds. I should have had like a line about the batting, like a low batting average, you know, a low percentage. Like 14, but, uh, 14. I'm like, this is awful. I know. Really How does he even still in school? At this Steve, you know, <laughs> again, you know, the whole, if you remember, the first day he goes in the math placement test, he cheats on the placement test. Yes. Which is great. And, and, and he doesn't have to take math. This kind of happened to me. <laughs> so that's why I was always attracted. Wait, what do you mean this kind of happened to you? Well, I just told, well, when I transferred school from Georgetown University to study drama at Ithaca College, I just, I had met the, the chancellor. He had come to the summer stock thing and met me. I just went there. And I told him what, my, what I had taken. They said, okay, well, just, you'll take this, this, and this. So I never, ever took math, which was <laughs> probably bad, probably bad, <laughs> but no, oh, I, I avoided it. But Steve, anyway, uh, this is a great turn on. Yeah, Steve he does so well in the thing that he doesn't have to take math and he needs to be challenged in other things like folk music. <laughs> Steve being sick, why? What are, we, what are we doing there? Why is Steve sick? Well, it's just, you know, it's probably not necessary, but I think it adds to the fact that, you know, Claire thinks he's faking. He just, Yes. I think he's breaking down. I mean, the relationship thing with mm -hmm. Brandon, the loss of that friendship has got to be devastating, mm -hmm. you know, and the terrible mistake. And, and he's got, you know, and there seems to be almost no way out of it. I mean, he and literally then, comes into then, the birthday party and, then, and everybody's talking about him. You know what I mean? He's so upset. Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah, we have that. But I, I was going to say one thing, uh, the actor kind of blew a line, which kind of, I, I remember at the time thinking, oh, shit, we should do a pickup, but maybe it won't matter. But when Steve explains what he did, he says students often keep their papers. It's supposed to be frat members all keep the papers or whatever. There was, a, there was another line which basically indicated that the fraternity was keeping it. So it always bothered me. It bothered me. Well, it, it is a valid me. point. It's, it's never it, – it's never – I've never noticed it as a fan of the show, but now that you mention it, it does. Why would Steve keep his paper? You know what I mean? Like for studying yeah, things, yeah. the fraternity yeah. kid. And I went, oh, okay. Like I said, I felt as, that's probably little things like that. Yeah, you remember watching it with Phil going, oh, geez, what can we do? But by the same token, it it's again. like, did Steve have this dastardly plan to save the paper, knowing that one day this moment might occur where he needs to bust Randall on something? No, no. We, we had already set up that you know that the frats have their archives and they save papers for study purposes. That's what they do. And and no no chance of bringing a Lucinda back in something like this, right? This was just Randall. Lucinda, you know, made a you know yeah no you know she burnt her bridges. The bridges were burned there somehow, not you know not by any of us. And, 
but uh, the relationship with her, with her and the company. You mean nine hundred two one zero and Lucinda was burnt? Yeah, probably a spelling company, bigger than that. Yeah, even yeah, probably with the spelling company. Something within, within the something about not coming within the set. hallways of Spelling yes. Corp. Understand. Um, yeah, um, then the Mark Reese stuff. Yeah. Well, so I want to say that the, thing that I told you about is I don't think it's going to happen, Larry. That okay, thing I told you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. But but let's talk about that that Mark Reese thing. Um, this this is such a fascinating topic for us because we we've talked about it quite a bit here. You know that there's this actor and you know he gets fired. Is this? Do you know that that Dalton James is going to be gone at this point, or is he? Are you still? Life is. Still in Dalton James. What are we at here? This I, is I should, episode twelve. We're, we're, this, is episode, this is episode twelve. This is in December. You got two more episodes to. You know, like he. Uh, I wonder if he had an option, or if he was signed for the whole year. I, I think he was signed for the whole year. As my was my memory, and I would say that this is really probably. The turning point where all of a sudden, like after we shot this episode, we got called up and had to change things. Mm. Well, let me tell you, in this episode, the, the, it's an awkward sauce. The two of them don't feel any. There's no chemistry between the the actors. I feel like and, is, and there's is there a kiss or just a hug? There's there is a hug and there's it's uh, well the story is let's talk about the story uh, aspect. Yeah, of it. I mean, awkward. Yeah. yeah, he's he, he you know. It's going to be his birthday randomly. I love that birthdays just, you know. Then some people are like, well, Mark Reese's birthday is on whatever date. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't celebrate this. December, yeah. Uh, Mark you know, Reese's birthday. Um, you know, we need a way to get people together, I probably, and uh, probably just kind of play that fact that some people really hate surprise parties. But, but I mean, G Kelly Taylor is really trying hard to, you yeah. know, make this day special yeah. for him. Yes, uh, Kelly's... She doesn't want to sleep with him, mind you. Definitely she, not. He wants to, again, that's the other elephant in the room, right? He's already been out with her a couple of times and, you know, uh, is expanding to, you know, really to uh, share some intimacy. Uh, you know, how else can he really know each other? So, but she's not there yet. This is episode 12. She probably met him in episode like four or five or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's getting to be the boiling point here. Uh, we got to decide. Well, I mean, well, I'm curious though, Larry, about whether or not you knew before this or not, because there isn't a kiss. So I'm curious if there was a kiss prior, where, do you know what I mean? Where it, that that note came down about there being a kissing problem. I don't even think there was a kiss in the, the episode before this, because I just watched that, and that was when they got food poisoning. And I feel like they were just, they didn't kiss because they were both sick. And that scene where they were like lying in bed, like sick was very like, there was a very big space between the two of them. Like you could tell that, I mean, and obviously they were sick, but like he said, I don't think so was we, we were delaying uh, we, you know, more we were, kissing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, <laughs> interesting. I, I should have seen that episode, but uh, uh, I don't know. It was getting close. Like what's the episode? Uh, with the dryer is the one that he goes. That yeah, he goes, job you know, is fourteen, and this and that's is job. Yeah, oh, that's job. Oh, it's coming right up. Oh yeah, we probably knew at this point. Yeah, mm -hmm. we probably. Mm -hmm. um, we would have done double ups. Don't forget too. Yeah, we probably. But it was sudden. When the exit of him was real sudden. So yeah, I mean, you oh, you wonder why Kelly Taylor was going down the road with this guy, and I guess that's she was. Totally. That's what I was going to ask because it was very. And in the beginning, when they said she was like, "Oh, he's like a combination of." Um, Dylan, Dylan, and and Brandon, Brandon, and, right? Colin, like, and and Claire and Donna were like, "Don't you think this is too fast?" And she was like, "No, I'm like head over." Here. And it was very like, "Why?" Like he's you know, not. <laughs> it's like uh, when you grow up in Beverly Hills. There's something beyond Beverly Hills. It, yeah. and it could be Bel Air. It could be this Orange County. Like uh, you know, it's and so that's the fascination that this is the next thing and that's what mark always represented he had all the old connections mm -hmm. you know his family was uh, i modeled it after the dark family and we, we had mm -hmm. a, as a friend uh, a guy named just uh steve dart whose father was uh, a member of the reagan uh the kitchen cabinet you know big industrialist 
Um, yeah, so that was kind of, you know, that's what we were going for. But looking at it now, I'm going like, why is she with this guy? He's such a Mr. Grumpy Pants. Uh, like I, find, I also found it interesting because she was so, obviously this is what her relationship after Collins, but I also found it interesting because she put up with a lot that he did. And I feel like she wasn't that type of person. Like when Dylan would do something or Brandon would do something, she would like call them out on it. And he was kind of mean to her. And she was like, sorry. Like with the birthday party, she was like, I'm sorry that you didn't like the surprise. It was like, you, he went to a different room to play. I'm, I've never seen anybody behave. Yeah, I that, think in level. a way, you know, uh, you know, again, in, in the Dalton James's uh, defense, <laughs> you know, the writing in this storyline probably made her dislike him because she disliked herself. She disliked the character mm -hmm. she had. We were asking her to play that. And it was, uh, again, you know, we were trying to stall, basically, because we, you know, we've got to put her, we've got to get her and Brandon kind of, you know, mm -hmm. rocking a bit, you know, a little bit later. We had some plans for that. Mm -hmm. And so it just didn't, uh, you know, this, you know, I have to take the responsibility for, you know, this failed storyline. Well, I don't know if it's a failed storyline, but I do no, think I mean, the, there is a great line, think, though. I, I love the line in Job where she says, "You want to be? You're such a hurry to be a millionaire. Every time your phone rings, uh, bet someone it's not me. You'll be right." right <laughs> love that. Um, I, but I do want to say I do think the Mark Reeves character—he's really annoying. You know what I mean? So, so Absolutely. is it Dalton James, the actor, or is he really annoying, or is? Is it a combination he's of him playing? Uh, he's not charming, I guess. He's not charming. His charm is not able to over overplay that, I guess, and, you know, override it. Um, no, he just seems unlikable. Um, mm -hmm. He's got a nasally kind of thing. But, you know, but again, we've seen nasally characters work. You know, I mean, can we, I don't know. It just there wasn't a lightness to him. And it was always hard also, you know, getting the new guys to mesh with the our guys, you know, because they weren't. Was a tough, tough, uh, you know, group, and you know we did have Brandon and Mark. Uh, I mean, and, and and the Mark character in the, uh, you know, the TV station. So that was kind of good. But you know, again, it was all, you know, once we got the word, I just set them against each other, and we killed them basically. <laughs> I, I guess he transferred out of CU. I can't. Did we ever cover that? We, he must, well, he must, let's try. He let's, must have gone to uh, that school in Orange County. That, uh, I do want to play a little speculative game there with you for a second. But yeah. Katie says, uh, personally, I thought Mark Reese was a huge step up from Colin Robbins. Yeah. I don't I don't agree with that at all. Oh, he was an artist, you know. I mean, but Mark, you know, he had been played. He was, you know, he was urbane. You know, he was, you know, he was sophisticated uh, in a certain way. Like, in our mind, he was. Maybe uh, Dalton didn't bring the sophistication we were hoping, like. We wanted her to, you know, to see somebody who had lived a slightly different life than her, even a grander life. Liz fired right back. No yeah. way. Colin was way better, even strung out on Colin, coke. Wow. Jason Wilde was <laughs> so charming. Like he was, just, <clears throat> I loved him. Even when he was like, obviously at the end, I was like, wow. I still loved that character. I thought he was. Yeah, great. I mean, once we knew we weren't bringing him back, we just again, you know, served the story. You're you kind of a high speed chase and get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> We're gonna chase you around the story. San Pedro docks and, and say goodbye to you. You know. Uh, I'm gonna play Larry. I'm gonna play an ad, and I'm gonna try to stretch some things here. If you understand what I'm where I'm going with that, um, I'm going to play an ad, and we'll come back, and we'll let uh, Becca ask some more questions about this episode. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 Show Shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. Uh, okay. I have my, I'm a peach shirt on. I did see that. I was all, I was all giggly when I saw it. So thank you very much for that, Becca. And you've got your Claire shirt on. So, yeah. yeah. Becca, have you seen the uh, Kathleen Robertson series uh, called uh, Swimming with Sharks? Yes, I watched it when it premiered on the 
15th of April, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I, well, I was really I'm really kind of, I told so many people to watch it, and they were like, oh, and I was like, just watch it. Like, just watch it. I, I feel like it's not getting the recognition it really deserves. I feel the same way. That I makes feel me exactly really because I think it's, He's very talented. I mean, I've always known that before. Yeah, Do you think exactly. it's because it's on Roku? I mean, I don't want to oh, come at Roku by any means. I love Roku. Roku's within incredible. Roku, they're not promoting it enough. And I even said, I was like, it's free. Like, you don't have to pay for anything to get Roku. And people are like, oh, it's too much. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, there's Paramount. There's it's the Roku Netflix, channel. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not. Um, it's a free app. Exactly. Like you just have to download it and sign in. Yeah. It's sort of annoying because it is really good. We all we all really liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean she's obviously shown her skill as a a, a writer and showrunner and producer here. So Mm -hmm. it would have been it would be great. I mean, it's great. It it should be on Netflix. It should be it should be people should be it will, I think. I mean the the cast is unbelievable. The cast Mm -hmm. is fantastic. The girl the girl from Mad Men growing up playing this naughty. I see it's funny because I'm watching Mad Men now. So watching her play Johnny's <laughs> daughter and then play like in that part is very interesting. That was a good, that was a good um, series. That was an amazing series. You're right, but um, I think I just feel badly because I feel like if it was on Netflix or Hulu or as something like that, more people would be watching it. Plus, it yes. would probably get boosted on that. Like you said, Roku's not really even promoting it. No. on their own channel. It was, they just got it from the Quibi thing. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it is possible that it's doing great and we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't think it, I don't think it is. I'd like to think it is. But I mean, I because my one friend in the, that business, uh, you know, he's not talking about it enough. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to our show here. Uh, well, Becca, here? Becca, do you have any questions that you want to ask Larry regarding this episode? So I have a question um, <clears throat> about so I, I think you've talked, obviously you've talked about how you wouldn't have Brandon run a small newspaper if you were still there in season eight, but I'm interested because I forget what episode it was, but we learned that through Valerie, who's trying to stir up drama, that Kelly applied to go to Columbia for grad school, um, and that was in season seven. So what would you have had her do in season eight? Um, I, I feel like she kind of didn't do a lot until she started running the boutique with Donna, and I feel like... There was so much progression with her character, especially in the season with like, you have the Joey, the boy that she found on their porch in the later season seven. Do you remember that in Storm Warning? (laughs) Sort of, sort of. Sort of. And you have like, she tried to make amends with Valerie with the abortion. I just feel like she had so much progression in season seven. And I wonder what you would have done with season eight if you were still there. So she was, you know, I don't, uh, as much as I'd like to think that we could have a cross-country uh, storyline, which I, I, I was very fond of pitching that at one point, you know, with the modern world of long distance and faxes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like how families can keep together, you know. Uh, you know I saw the Big Apple, Big Orange, a pilot, uh, a pilot you know, about a family on the West mm-hmm. Coast, uh, like a surf family, a so a squire of Soho, kind of an artist in Soho, and Soho, and the mother and, and the grandparents in, the, in Nebraska, where I went, whatever. But and, no, probably wouldn't have had her go to Columbia, but um, she would have gone on to a grad school and some kind of a, you know, probably like a good hospital in L.A. She'd have, she'd be living like on, you know, Westwood High Rise there and have a nice place. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be in a hurry because she'd be, going to school and having this experience there and there'd be handsome doctors there and uh, there'd be some kissing. Back to Mark Reese, Larry, you, you, we, you said before, you know, what, what would you have done with Mark Reese in the post 14th episode where you were plotting things? So this came as a curveball to you, well, but doesn't yeah, Mark I mean, Reese actually kind of end We had nothing right for way. her to do after Mark left. I mean, I have to go look mm-hmm. at those episodes. I remember thinking like, oh my God, we have to get to, you know, six episodes. We have to find something for them. Um, uh, No, I think we were hoping that there was some heat there. That mm-hmm. it could become, you know, it could become, you know, again, we have the triangle. You have Mark, Brandon, mm-hmm. and Kelly. And then and Mark and Brandon work at the mm-hmm. thing there. We wouldn't have had the dryer thing, you know, would have found some other way. Maybe they both win part of it. Or, you know, there's mm-hmm. something else that would have, would have kept it going. And 
she would have had this other life where she'd be like all of a sudden uh, uh, you know at the white house with his mm. family meeting the president you know Got it. she'd be in a different stratosphere than than everyone else than we've seen again beverly hills is just one level there's levels beyond it bel air and then old old orange county you know old money orange county you know? you know one of the things that surprised me about this episode too is that uh tracy is not really in it you know what i mean she's barely don't forget no. tracy is is not susan keats susan keats was an activist a journalist and an intelligentsia tracy is a talking head she's on the news you know she doesn't write the news she just presents the news and that, that's what you know jill novak really brought a lot of simple you know charm to her you know as we see she's a country girl she's you know middle of california and yeah i mean she cares about Brandon, but she's not going to, you know, do what Susan did in the, uh, you know, uh, where the Valerie has uh, harassed by the professor. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. Susan Keats turns the whole story there. Cause she, so, yeah, the, you know, Tracy, you know, the, you know, there wasn't a part there for uh, for Tracy. I love her. I loved that character. And I feel like that's an unpopular opinion. But I think besides Kelly, I think she was one of my like favorites for Brandon. I just think that you're saying Tracy. Yeah, I thought she was, uh, and so many people, I said that in some Facebook group, and people came at me and were like, you have no idea what you're talking about. I was like, <laughs> you got to be terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, she's not considered, yeah, she's not well, well, no. as well thought of as others. No. But, no, I mean, again, well, comparison is only she was not, I mean, she could have caught, you know, again, we hope we had other characters like that, certainly Kathleen Robertson, who come in. Sure. And you realize, oh, we can do other things with her. She's not, you know, but within Tracy, there was no, you know, we couldn't put her with anybody else, really. That wasn't just kind of working. Potentially Mark Reese. If he had, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we couldn't put her with Mark Reese, exactly, if we like Mark. And again, you know, it, it, it could have worked out that he became a real part of the show. If we, mm -hmm. But I think the actor, the quality he had, and maybe it was like a, a Nicholson quality, which is a little bit sometimes unlikable. He kind of draws that thing out. Uh, I don't know. It's just... Uh, You're saying Mark Reese does... Well, yeah, I mean, Nicholson has another charm besides that kind of, you know, uh, you know, you know that draw that he uses. But he just became a wine frame, you know, unhappy, like how grumpy he was all the time, especially around her. And partly because he's got blue balls, you know. Again, we put him in a situation where we're not going to have her sleep with him because certainly they might have slept with each other. You know what? I, I wonder now if that whole storyline uh, about being sick, I wonder if that came out of that meeting with Spelling where we just said, oh, you know what? <laughs> They're not going to sleep together. We're going to have to sleep together right there. Instead, they got to get sick and not sleep together. I think that might have been like The funny part is in that scene, like he's like giving her a massage and is like talking to her like they're going to do something. And then she's like, I'm going to be sick and then gets up and runs away. Like it's literally like it almost yeah, happened. I, 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 I have to. That was the episode before this. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. oh. Should have seen that one. Yeah, I have a feeling that that might have been the one where we, we turned it. Like they were going to sleep together, perhaps that episode. Instead, we just got them sick and they just rolled down at 14, paid him off his money. Because he probably would have had a, a 13 episode commitment, maybe too. Mm -hmm. He had an option coming up. Uh, all right, uh, Larry, that's done. That's a scratch on that, that other thing. And so I think we've covered all of this here this week, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yes, and um, yeah, it seems to be. Uh, well, uh, I want to promote my book one more time to the fans. Yes, uh, this is yes, the, the, the newest uh, Max Dean, the, uh, la the end of the trilogy. Um, but uh, you know, get on, get on board the journey. Say Mallow, Cayuga, and you know, find them on Amazon. They're all there now. Um, Wait, so how do we? Well, that's, yeah, Go and you were just saying before we came, we were coming before we came on. Uh, uh, Becca was talking about how much she loves the books. Yes, so I when I in March I got um, all three because I was sick and I read one in the one weekend and then I read the next the next week and then the third the weekend after that um, and then I left a review on Amazon. So everybody leave a review on Amazon. That's right. Um, and then so I was saying that it's the type of genre that it is i feel like it's something that my dad would really like and so i told him when i go home this weekend to visit that i'm going to give him the three to read and then i'll tell him he needs to leave a review on amazon too um and then I mean, they're pretty raunchy things. it's very brave of you because they're pretty raunchy i'll tell you my my family when they read them they really uh they go why are they so raunchy dad 
<laughs> I did. I did preface that. I did preface it and say yeah, that yeah, it was, and he was like, "Okay, like it wasn't." I, I think. Yeah. I, I finally, you know, Jessica Jamino told me I had to put a warning after she read the second one. <laughs> <laughs> so the third one has a little bit of a warning. Um, uh, and our friend Lisa says so they, they are raunchy, and I, I'm, I'm intensely proud of them. They're the best things I've written. Lisa says they are raunchy, and I love it. Oh, so. good for Lisa. Larry, well, I make sure you read the last one. Though. Go ahead. Be, I, I can't you imagine writing another. Go ahead. So, I have one more question. So you said that, I, earlier, you said that, oh, you know, there were six episodes and we're, we're trying to figure out what to do with Kelly. Is that why, like, in the very end of the season is when she has, like, her and Brandon get pregnant and then she has the miscarriage and then she's, like, trying to take to find the boy you know, Joey on their porch trying oh to get back. Oh my gosh, she a miscarriage in this thing? I don't even remember this. this yeah, it was the very, very Yeah, I think we were floundering a bit there. That might be the weakness of Seven. Again, unexpected, un, you know, just didn't for unforeseen consequences when Mark left. I feel like everybody had a big thing and she didn't get, there was no yeah, fire. That's, that's there was probably, no we, yeah, drug that's exactly, addiction. That's exactly, I know, we didn't, we yeah, we didn't season. have anything. No, no, it was a slow, it was a slow way down. Uh, yeah, that's really what happened. I and mean, I have to go look at those episodes. So I don't even remember that, that she had a miscarriage. She gets pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the we last, have a lot of episodes. Probably because you're trying to dissociate with the feelings you had during those episodes. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I was trying to please everybody. I'm casting mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the Canadian band for Jason, very bare naked ladies, you know, just trying to, you know. Keep we do need happy. to. We do need Power to cover five thousand is banned from his his record label. We do need to cover uh, graduation day, and particularly the last portion of that. So that's oh, yeah. something well, that was special. Yeah, I mean, that was a real privilege to be able to write for that. What do we kind want? Of felt like I was there. What do we want for that episode? Do we want Tori to come join us? Is that is that important? Do we I want? Think so I think so. Or or, J, or Jason. Jason Priestley. The director of it. He directed both of those episodes. So yeah. maybe we want one of one of them, or maybe Brian, right? That's where we had our that's where we that's where we had our Spice Girls fiasco. Right. Oh, well, he will definitely not be coming on the podcast to talk about that. <laughs> he might, he might, he might. He, he might, we, he we might. Yeah, I mean it's all water under the bridge now. All right. So let me let me get to work on graduation day. Becca, anything else for you? I don't think. It's great. By the way, you did a wonderful job here. It was really nice having you. Way to Thank keep you. It, keep it was it very. Up. This was one of my favorite episodes, and like I said, season seven, my favorite season. I think, Larry, despite how you said that the ending was very difficult, I think your last season was definitely the most memorable for me. And the storylines, you know, are ones that I resonate with. And um, I thank you for your work. I think it's really. I know it wasn't just you, um, but no, it was. Exactly. It was great. No, I think we, we guided the characters in a, way, in, a, in a good way. And there's some memorable characters. I wish we could get Maya Campbell. I tried again to get Maya Campbell. Oh, I wish we can get Jason Wiles. I wish oh, we could. Oh, Jason <laughs> keeps saying he wants to do it. Then when we put him to a date, mm -hmm. he won't back away. But we'll get him. I mean, you know, Maya has had her struggle with addiction, but I think she's okay now. Yeah. I love I the think she's she comes back. We have to, like, pay her. Kelly team up. You know, she plays up. Uh, yeah. What's that? When she, yeah. when her well, comes back in the very end of season in seven, and heaven, in heaven set, in heaven set. Takes, yeah, yeah, that's Maybe. a beautiful episode. That moment at the end, or uh, Brandon and Kelly, we just start heating them back up there, okay. and she brings mm -hmm. them together. Yeah, no, that was very satisfying. I was, a, a, you know, I was, I was happy with that. In season seven, you have Jason dressed up as the German jeweler. <laughs> Again, that, that was a good episode. We should definitely do that episode. That's, that's right. a big episode. And, right. and it starts off a little bit surreally. We have her kind of sitting in this big chair by the beach doing a little bit of a voiceover. And, uh, it's just kind of a special episode. It, it really mm -hmm. was well it was well received at the time, too. She you have to rewatch season seven, Larry. It's really good. We, well, we're, we're, we're getting through it. We're getting, we're getting through it. it. <laughs> this one, you know, was, I had you forgotten. I had it. forgotten the sharpness of the of the Randall and Brandon stuff. I mean, and yeah. they really go at each other. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and you know, again, Nick Pryor playing Chancellor Arnold gets to do all these reactions. He's such a great pro. And he, we wish him well. I love the, the shock and awe, by the way, of the panel 
when uh when the last when the when the, <laughs> the Perry Mason moment comes through. You know Stop what I mean? <laughs> Hold on. You got to gavel. You got to gavel. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, so, Claire has Claire has the technicality while we can still introduce evidence. That we can, oh, we can you know what? I did. Uh, I did witness can come back and revisit it. I, I did want to ask you when you came up with some of this like law, college law, the language, you know, do you, do you remember coming up with like why, uh, you know, this, what, what's the policy was for Chancellor Arnold? No. Okay. Larry, we've lost Larry. We have lost Larry. Oh, no, this, Larry's frozen. Larry is totally frozen. He's totally frozen. But I thought this was great, Becca, by the way. I thought thank you... you for having, thank you for having me on. Yeah, uh, this was a lot of fun, and I think you'll be back more often if you'd like to come back. Yes, I'd love to. Season seven. Any season. I love all the seasons. Hold on good. one second here. I think Larry's trying to get back in. Let me remove him from the setup. Poor Larry. It's the East Coast. That Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, that, no, and I think what Lisa says here is true. Blame the wind for Larry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's very windy on the East Coast. Uh, this has been a really fun week. And um, Becca, please come back better. soon, okay? We will have a blast and more things to talk about. Yeah. So thank you so much. We will be back uh, next week on the 90210 show. I have no idea what we're going to cover, but it will Bye, be fun Larry. for sure. Bye, Larry. I don't know where you are. Wherever you are. <laughs> <In the wind. laughs> Later. Bye-bye.